I'm a passionate region woman because I believe that your geography is not an obstacle to your success. I'm a passionate regional woman because to me, regional WA is real and raw. My work gives me the opportunity to travel all over this incredible state and to meet the most amazing people for which I'm incredibly grateful. It's all those personalities that make up our diverse communities. It's the people that make here a vibrant place to live. I believe regional communities cannot achieve economic prosperity without talented regional women living in rural Australia. It's what makes regional WA the best place to live and love. And that's why I'm a passionate regional woman. Triple R Network podcast series by Generation Ag. We're your hosts, Kayla Evans and Lavinia Ware. Welcome to our, what is this, our fourth episode, Vin? It's our fourth episode. I can't believe how quickly we're all, we're a quarter way, wait, we're a third of the way through. <laughs> it's crazy. Got there it's going in the end. So quickly. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I just, I, I am literally having such a great time and you'll hear in the intro when I talk about this guest, but Oh, it was. I've just had such a great time connecting with all these amazing women. Like they've been so inspirational to talk to. Yeah, I, I, I'm just yeah loving same as you connecting with them and and feeling what's a really common thread amongst all women in rural and regional and remote areas of Australia, but mm. also overseas as well. And it's so good to connect with. Yeah, so many like-minded women across the country and all over the world as well. Absolutely. So the Triple R Network is a place where rural, regional and remote women of Western Australia can come together and connect. And I think that this podcast has been such a great way to do that because we've been talking to people from all different areas of the agricultural industry around this date and we've been meeting like-minded women who develop ideas make connections and become leaders in their community and they're the voice on the ground for the issues that impact women and we've talked about a variety of different issues and I think a lot of them are really close to our hearts and it's really made us think a lot about what's been happening in society today previously I mean in the media in the last couple of weeks we've been really reflecting on a lot of different issues particularly with race we're really learning a lot about how far we've come, but also how far in terms of equality, diversity um, and gender roles we have to go. And I think talking to all these women is amazing because we get to have that reflection, but also get to see what we've still got to achieve. Mm, And I I love that um, idea of becoming leaders because I think we forget, especially women, um, and I'm going to sort of point out mums here really forget that they are leaders in their community and leaders in their family as well and I love that we get to highlight these incredible women and celebrate them for being the leaders that they are in their communities in their families on their farms in their workplace wherever that might be Um, I think any chance to celebrate our potential as women to be leaders and to be bosses or whatever that might be for you yeah this is such a fantastic opportunity for us and we say it every week but again we're so so grateful to be working with the triple r network to produce this yeah it's been very exciting and i guess with that huge spill we'll lead into our 
segment of the week. Uh, we do our Women of the Week segment where Kayla and I highlight a woman who's been really empowering to the Triple R Network or Australia or internationally. And we really just want to bring awareness to what amazing women are doing in terms of different businesses. There's so many phenomenal people doing some great things. So Kayla, did you want to start with your Woman of the Week? Yeah, I did. Um, so the, my Woman of the Week was actually sent in by one of our listeners and a fantastic real woman herself Michaela Hendry and a beautiful friend a fabulous friend and we can't wait to have her on the podcast one day soon I'm sure um but Michaela nominated Daisy Goodwin um and Daisy is a local Western Australian now but she was um originally from northern New South Wales and she's an environmental science major Uh, And upon completing her degree, she took up a job with the Western Australian Department of Primary Industries and headed to Broome in the Northwest. And Daisy was recently awarded last year the WA Young Achiever of the Award for Agriculture for her work with Aboriginal producers across the state. She's also completed an internship in Senegal around communications, health and nutrition, um, and she's currently working in Perth at the moment. Uh, In her spare time, as if that isn't enough, she teaches yoga and runs an organisation called Sustainable Simply, a blog dedicated to sharing information on leading a minimal impact lifestyle, which just about sums up just the incredible community of women, especially millennials, just doing so much for their community and the environment as well. Absolutely. How phenomenal. What what an amazing sort of spiel and a lot of achievements there. It's, it's amazing that people can be so selfless to put themselves out there and really get amongst their community and change the uh, social issues and things that are happening. There's a lot of issues I think that are still trying to be addressed now in our country that are often um, gone under the radar. So to have people like that is really amazing. Mm. And can I just say, she's only, she's under 30 as well. And so as a 20 something, you know, I love, I love reading about women, you know, our age doing amazing things. Cause doesn't it just light a fire um, to see other women doing incredible things? Because it, all it means is that it's out there for all of us to achieve what we want to achieve and, you know, change whatever we want to change in the world. Absolutely. And just before we get into our second woman of the week, I've, what you're saying, Kayla, is truly resonates. I think you and I were just reflecting. It was only last August and we had, there was actually um, the Growers Association mentioned the Triple R Network podcast, which is in collaboration with Generation Ag, obviously. And it's very funny. It's a full circle moment because that was one of the first instances we actually just talked about the idea. Didn't think anything really of it except the fact they were both go-getters and on this idea. So it really goes to show anything you want to achieve can actually happen. You just have to have the resources or seek out the people to be able to make it happen and anything is possible. Yeah, hustle hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. So I want to get into this second one, which is another hustle hard. So Tori Kopi, shout out to you. She has been an amazing supporter of myself um, and just rural woman in Uh, general. So Tori is a rural business coach now, but she has previously been a marketing strategist and small business guru for the last 10 years. She's got a remarkable amount of experience in small and large businesses and loves working with small and regional businesses. She's based in Cunderdon herself and she's created so many resources and done some amazing things for women um, and rural business in Western Australia. And she actually was co-creator of the Big Ideas Rural uh, 
group, which is an inner circle that is the ultimate space for collaboration and community with expert speakers, monthly coffee cap shops, and out of this world banks of bonuses. It is incredibly it is one of the best resources and things that I've ever been a part of. I'm so privileged I got to work with them um, previously and then join the membership and to have an amazing group. I think there's nearly three or 400 women in the Facebook hub group that are just passionate about this country and rural women creating their own space in business. Tori has now gone on to become a rural business coach because she just has so much knowledge and she's absolutely killing it. So yeah, if you want to learn more about her, just I will we'll link this below. But Tori is someone that if you're a rural businesswoman looking for direction, she is the number one resource I'd go to her. Um, Tori, thank you so much for being a huge supporter of everything that we're doing and we're so excited to hopefully continue to support each other and potentially see some collaborations with Big Ideas Rural in the future. So yeah, that is my woman of the week. That's fantastic. Yeah, guys. And if you ever are keen, if you have heard us talk about a woman of the week and you want to know more about her, um, the the organizations or the women themselves will always link in the show notes. So whether you're using Apple Podcasts or Spotify, whatever platform that so happens to be, um, it will always be linked in the show notes. So you can find more information. Um, yes, that's the place to go. And whilst we're on the topic of social media, I think it's an important announcement that last week we started our, or was it this week? I can't remember now. We started our Friday, um, Friday. <laughs> A whole week ago, just about. There you go. Time flies when you're having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, we started Amazing. our Generation Ag community Facebook group. So if you are an avid listener of the podcast or even if you just listen to this Triple R series, come and join us. It is a community of, yeah, like-minded people, listeners of the podcast. Some of the, some people aren't listeners of the podcast, but they just want to get to know, um, yeah, other people who have similar interests. And, yeah, we just – we started this podcast um, to build community. And so this Facebook group's just the next step of that. So yeah, search it up on Facebook. It's, um, generation ag community and yeah, you'll find us all there having a great time. I can't believe how many people are interacting. It warms my heart every time I see one, a new interaction or a comment and everything. So yeah, Kayla and I are very friendly. We love to chat. So if you guys just want to get over there, then we'll chat with you and we can create some cool threads because we're pretty excited to hear more about you guys as listeners and learn a bit more about you on a personal level yeah super excited so on that let's learn some more about today's guest so I got the privilege to chat with Lucy Anderson earlier in the week so Lucy is a broadacre cropper she crops with her husband um she's down south near Albany is where she has her main office but they have farms in Franklin uh, and Jerramungup area so she's kind of spread around and she's actually an agricultural agronomist and she's just about to launch a new product now I'm not going to talk too much about it yet because she is going to go more in depth in the episode so you have to keep listening but can I just say it was so lovely to chat to her and so refreshing but it also brought up a lot of um, sort of ideas the fact that you know, Lucy is the generation older than us and the fact that there's still been not a lot of huge change in the agriculture industry in terms of how women are seen. Um, it's very strange still to get a woman running a farm or managing it on her own. So there's a long way to go, but it's really nice the fact that we got to chat about it and talk about um the next generation and what we hope for and hopefully what the next generation after us can be for agriculture. So yeah, it was a really lovely episode and I hope you all enjoy it. How exciting. Let's go. 
Wow, I can't believe we're back for another episode of the Triple R Network series. I've actually enjoyed these interviews so much. It's been really lovely to sit down with some empowering, amazing women. Today's episode is with Lucy Anderton from Albany. She has uh, farms in a partnership with her husband on a broadacre mixed farming enterprise. Uh, she's got some farms near Franklin and she's got some farms near Jaramunga. So lovely to share that with me of her. Um, as an agricultural agronomist, she recognized the need for an easy to use whole of farm business analysis tool to assist with building resilience in industry. Working with agricultural stakeholders, Lucy designed My Farm Smart. Using her own data, farmers can explore alternative scenarios enterprise mix and seasonal conditions. Lucy's project will deliver business development workshops using My Farm Smart with a focus on understanding the risk and financial outcome in a complex environment. This is not just Lucy. Lucy has an abundance of knowledge behind her. She's originally from England where she did her first ag degree. She's got so much knowledge and she's got so much depth to her and I had such a lovely chat with her. It's just been so lovely to be amongst all of these women and I'm very excited when we get to all meet in person at a later date. So I hope you all enjoy this episode and for any young women out there wanting to work in the ag industry, Lucy is a powerhouse and is actually a phenomenal woman. So Lucy, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I'm very excited to chat to you. Before we get into the nitty gritty of everything that you've done, uh, we love to ask all of our guests about their upbringing and what their childhood was like. Can you tell me about yours? Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I grew up in the UK um, in a family of educators, really. My, my father was um, a headmaster of his school and my mother worked in school. She was like the um, personal assistant to the headmaster of a really big you know big secondary comprehensive school in England and mm-hmm. um so our so our so my back, background or my upbringing was all about schools and you know all our dinner all our dinner table conversations were all, all around school and school holidays and um and education mm. quite a fair way from um agriculture really yeah but the one that what we did as the kids, we used to go on holiday every year to um, Cornwall. I don't know if you know England, but down in Cornwall, we used to go there and stay on a, mm-hmm. um, a farm there. And yeah. so I, I used to help out on the farm, used to milk cows and help with the, you know, the hay and the, in the cropping and the harvest. Mm-hmm. And so that sort of really started my interest in agriculture. And um, yeah, so that's how I sort of, I then eventually went into agriculture because of that real interest. Yeah. And what did you study when you went to university? Yeah, so I did. So when I was in um, when in the UK, I did a um, what they call a high national diploma in agriculture um, over in a one of our tertiary agriculture colleges over there. We, we had three primary ag- agriculture colleges when I was there, and um, I went to Seal Hain. And um, had a great time there and really um, enjoyed it. And, yeah, so, um, 
Yes, yeah, so that's what I did over there before. And then I've done further studies since I've mm. been over here in Australia. Yeah. What do you think, before we get to I'd love to know because I we do I actually do have um, family who farm in England or, and family friends who farm in England. And there are so many differences. What do you think the biggest difference for you coming to Australia in dif- ag- in agriculture? Oh, um yeah, it's a completely different farming system. Yeah. And um and and I think the farming system is completely different. But what I will say is farmers all around the world are so similar. Mm. You know, like as I've I've met farmers all the way around the world and I just can't believe what similarities are between them. It's just amazing. Mm. Um in the way they think and their culture. But the actual farming system between Australia and England, obviously there's a lot more water in um involved in the farming system in England and a lot more need to wear wellies. Yeah. And um <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's quite cold it gets very cold in the winter but um yeah it's a great I I mean I just I, I miss it I miss the um countryside in England yeah yeah it's so beautiful and green particularly in WA we're not seeing that much at the moment so you must miss it a lot yeah I I do and I miss my cows I really enjoyed milking cows yeah and um they've all got their own individual personalities and I I miss doing that. (laughs) There's always different quirks to farming that it it does if you change the, because you're now in Broadacre, it's a completely different ballgame to milking dairy cows. So I'd love to talk to you about how you ended up in Albany or how you ended up in Australia. Can you tell me the story? I'd love to hear. Yeah, well, my my parents would probably have liked me to have been um, a teacher, I think, in truth, (laughs) if the truth be known. But um, the agriculture got into my system and I suppose um, from there, after tertiary education, I I wanted to go travelling and experience um, agriculture in different countries. So Australia was sort of a natural pick to come out here and have a look. And I ended up up arriving in Australia in the worst unemployment, 11% unemployment that you um, at the end of the, you know, 89, Mm. um, which we haven't seen since and yeah. looking for a job on a farm and I got told got told you you know there's no jobs on farms for um men at the moment let alone women mm. but I ended up on a sheep station I ended actually up on a sheep station out at Linster yeah okay and working yeah working as a station hand there for um the first yeah for my first one of my first jobs and um I yeah I met well I met my husband um out there so um, but he's my first husband, so um, I met him. Um, and we were married for ten years and had two kids. So, yeah. um, and we were, so we were out at Linster, and then I moved down to. Um, uh, we were, you know, that we were there for about three or four years when mm. I was there on the sheep station, which mm-hmm. I loved. I really, really loved it. But the wool industry collapsed, and um, we moved down to Hope Town. Um, onto a broad property down there, managing a property down there. So mm. I spent some time there. And anyway, I've eventually got to Albany. It's a long story, <laughs> Lavina. It's a long, it's a, uh, the older you get, the story gets longer. Uh-huh. So, to, <laughs> so um, it's a long story. I love it though. It's, it's, everyone's got a unique story and I love it. Yeah. So um, I've ended up, I, so I spend my time, so I'm, I'm now remarried to somebody who's got um, farms in, you know, we've got farms in Fitzgerald, mm-hmm. um, between Ravensworth and Joe and mm-hmm. we bought a farm out at Franklin um, back in 
um, in 2016. So, gosh, that was a good a goodbye. I think that that's the place to be. Uh, yes, it has proven to be very good in the last couple of years. A bit, a bit, yeah, a bit wetter than um, the south coast at the moment, which is pretty dry. Mm. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, so, you know, I spend my time around those three, you know, like, so I'm here in Albany. I've got an office here in Albany. Um, and, yeah, and then I'm, I spend quite a bit of time out on the farms as well. So, mm. um, yeah, so I, I spend myself around a bit. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say not much time off, but that seems to be the common theme that everyone is quite spread thin, but also knowing how to juggle a lot successfully. Yeah, I, I try. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you can do. So you were a 2020 Agrofuture Rural Woman of the Year finalist. What has the experience been like for you? Um, it's been a bit surreal, actually. When yeah, I was thinking about that. It has been a bit surreal. I um, I think um, you know, like the you, you tend to put the the people that have been um, selected as finalists before you. You tend to put them on a bit of a pedestal and look up to those sort of women and yeah. and go. You know, like, why aren't they, um, don't they achieve so much? Mm. And to then, um, to actually being selected, um, it's, yeah, it makes, it makes you really proud. But at the same time, it's a bit surreal to think that you, um, people look at you like that too, possibly. I don't know. But yeah, some of the comments I get, you, you go, oh yeah, well, that's what I thought about some of the other ladies that get, have been selected before me. So yeah, it's, it's great. It's real, um. Yeah, it's really nice. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is something that you do see these women and you feel like, oh, my gosh, how much are they doing? And to be selected yourself and to actually have um, someone recognise your achievements, it's pretty special, isn't it? It, it is. It, yeah, it, um, it's, a hard, it's, a hard it's a hard feeling to describe, mm. but it's certainly, um, yeah, it's certainly, yeah, I'm very appreciative of it yeah and and the opportunity and the opportunity to be able to apply for something like that absolutely I think, I think it's really important it's a really important um award to shine the light on um rural women in um in regional western australia mm, oh absolutely i think to have this opportunity so we can keep continuing to share stories like yours and all of the women to come is really really important because like yourself you've been in this industry for a long time and i mean we haven't even touched on it but i bet when you're at university in england there wasn't many women doing your degree i'm sure so it's really awesome that we can now talk about it yeah no that's true there weren't many women I can assure you <laughs> I think it would have been a few strange looks and now that we, we want women back in this industry and we want women to teach other women to come back to this space so we can keep continuing to grow it for women and be diverse sorry yeah and it's a great industry for women I think you know it's got great opportunities for women they, yeah. they work really well in the space I think yeah and I think this award is really highlighting that there are so many different areas which I think traditionally you think agriculture you think a farmer um you think crazy hours but there are so many different areas that you can go and work into so this is really awesome as well like yourself you're on farm but you're also off farm you're doing a variety of different projects there's a lot you can be involved in yeah there are yeah there is it's a lot so since becoming a finalist what has changed in your business or how has things changed day to day I know obviously COVID there was a few events that were supposed to happen but can 
can you talk about what's changed in your business since the award you've been recognised as a finalist? Uh, I think um, probably there hasn't been any major significant change, but it's certainly given me a platform to um, to talk about my project and and what I've been doing, and it's yeah, it's really given me that platform to talk to people, a wider audience of people. Like for example, this I wouldn't have ever had the opportunity to do something like this without the award mm. and and also I've also been able to um it's drawn it's drawn the award drawn the attention to what I'm doing and more people have been asking me about it yeah and I've been yeah I've been able to talk to them and and even it's created some collaboration with a few people so, amazing which is yeah which is fantastic yeah yeah yeah. yeah my um you know, like one of the banks contacted me to find out a little bit about what I'm doing as, as well as a, as a result of um, winning that award. It, it brought it to their attention. And although it was a network so I already knew, it was the fact that um, they saw me um, as a finalist and, yeah, and then started talking to me about what I'm doing and it, mm. it sort of made it real for them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, start to take it a little bit more seriously even. Yeah, very much so, I think. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit about what it's like being a part of the Triple R Network? Because this is an amazing opportunity for us to be able to share your stories and there's so many women doing amazing things. So how has your experience been with Triple R? Yeah, well, with Triple um, R, I haven't, over the years, I've I've always had their newsletters sent to me. You know, like yeah. the years I've you know, like um, when they used to have a newsletter, you know, the um, the paper. The, the magazine, yeah. Yeah, the magazine sent to me. So I've had I've had that for years and it's, I think, um, just that connection with um, seeing what other women are doing in the regions and really um, it, I think it, the awareness that it creates is, is just fantastic. And then I think now... Triple R Network, you know, they've gone online a lot more. I think that makes everybody so much more accessible. Mm. So it's um, it's fantastic to, you know, to have that accessibility to, mm-hmm. to more women and to know that you could probably just, if I wanted to, I could go and email somebody or contact them through the Triple R Network. You know, that the online presence makes it so much easier. Yeah, absolutely. What was it like having the Zoom call for the announcing you guys as finalists and the winner? What was that, the Zoom party almost? Yeah, it was so much fun and it was such a highlight in the – I feel it was such a highlight in in the calendar, particularly over those couple of months where, you know, everything had just started to shut down and mm. you could just tell the stress. You know, everybody – yeah. a lot of stress through it and um and just to have that opportunity to um to see everybody online and just to have a bit of fun and make it a bit more you know life you know was still going on even though it was a little bit different mm-hmm. I, I think that I think it was done really well it was yeah done really well it was yeah great yeah, great thing. I think it was so clever because often in Western Australia, we're so much larger than all the other states. So yourself traveling from Albany or even up, you're tri- driving six or seven hours to get to Perth. And to have the option to do an event like that online, it saves a lot of time and effort because you're almost planning four or five days out of your business to get to something like that. Yeah, it does, Lavina. It makes a huge um 
it it does it's you know like that it's a three-day you know for me to go up to Perth it's a three-day um you know it's it's that three days out of the business you know out of my time yeah so um oh yeah I wasn't too upset that it was online (laughs) I'm very excited for the future to be honest because it's a lot of businesses are looking forward to events being online and being able to access all of Australia and I mean conferences in person are amazing but it's also amazing to do mini events online where you can connect with different people of the same like mind to be able to have greater income uh, greater awareness and engagement sorry yeah I I totally agree with you and that's what I would say um I would say that's been the major positive effect of COVID-19 is Mm. suddenly people are really willing to use these type of um you know these these type of um platforms you know like and you can do video conferencing and 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 people are just so much more willing to do it yes yeah that's such a benefit the willingness yeah I don't think before you would have had half your clients being too scared to want to do any type of video conference it's just a phone call or they want to meet you in person but yeah I agree with you I think this has been such a great thing in some respects in terms of technology for agriculture yeah and a real shift in mindset I think so mm, absolutely really positive it's, it's for me it's it's um, going to make a significant difference to my business. Yeah, I would have to agree the exact same for me. I think now being in WA as well, I think a little bit before we were forgotten by the eastern states because we weren't, you know, we couldn't just nip on a plane and be there in an hour or two like a lot of people. And I think now people are going to go, oh, it's easy, we just do a Zoom call. So I think it's really opening us up to nationwide work and impact which is very cool yeah I hope so yeah I hope so I think it will I think it'll really um give us those opportunities absolutely I'm lacking really yeah a hundred percent so I want to know more about your business as an agricultural economist can you elaborate a little bit and tell me exactly what you do um so yeah, so um, so I, I suppose as an agricultural economist, I analyse farm businesses or mm-hmm. and farming systems. So looking at um, so as an economist, so we look at how farmers can achieve productivity gains, and um, I suppose I make sure I understand the agricultural environment that you know we're working in. So that might be the you know the climatic environment the um, natural resource um, management, you know, part of that and markets and also the political environment and policy setting and regulation. So it's, it's understanding all, all those issues and researching them and making sure that you understand what impact that might have on a farming system and farmers' decisions. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, so and often what, as an agriculture economist, you do, you, you, know, like you do a lot of research into those areas and then, what you're doing is you're actually modelling that farming system. You know, you're creating models and looking at the farming system and looking at the what ifs. Mm-hmm. So, what happens if this changes to um, to the farming system and productivity changes and profitability of farmers and how how, how farmers might respond? Mm. So, so that's really what an agriculture economist does. Are you going to have a lot more? Uh, work or are you going to have a lot more of effort now that we've obviously been declared in a recession is that going to affect your job a lot in all of the decisions that have been made this year so far um 
I don't, I, I'm not sure, probably, probably, possibly one of the, so it might be a positive or it might be a negative. One of, one of the issues is I'm reliant on funding, um, you know, to do my work because I'm a private um, consultant. I'm mm -hmm. reliant on funding to be available to fund um, the type of work that I do and mm -hmm. analysis. Mm -hmm. So I suppose it, there's got to be a need so, and, a, and a lot of my work previously has come from, um, you know, government organisations or um, funded, um, like industry fund, funded organisations. Mm -hmm. So they've got to see, they've got to have the money available and the funding available to fund um, the analysis that they require. Mm -hmm. So I can see that's possibly the negative side of COVID-19 is, um, you know, funding will be less available, I think, yeah. for a lot of work but the need is almost higher yeah so yeah so you know that's yet to play out really I, I don't know we'll just see as time goes on what impact it has yeah it's a very difficult time isn't it we don't really we can only see so far ahead which is not very far in farming when you're relying on the rain yeah yeah can you tell me a little bit about your my farm smart product i want to learn a little bit about this i know we just talked briefly before we started interviewing but i'd love to hear all about it how it came about and the new name and everything okay so so yes yeah, so so um so my farm smart is probably exactly what i described my job is which is you know that like simulating the farming system mm -hmm. so so what my farm smart does is actually simulates a broad acre farming system in wa Mm -hmm. and allows farmers to to put their own data into it mm -hmm. and in a in a relatively simple format that then how, what they can then do is start changing some of the variables and having a look at what impact um changing variables might have on their bottom line mm. so so what it what it does is it generates a profit and loss for farmers and okay. it generates a balance sheet and then evaluates and also provides them with an evaluation of their farm business. Um, and it's and what they can do is they can look at their different farming um, rotations. So they can look at their different farming systems and change their um, crop rotation or the number of sheep that they have. So they can mm. start playing with their enterprises. Yeah, okay. Um, and, and start seeing what impact it might be by, you know, changing one enterprise. You know, and they might like to look at, you know, for example, they might say, I, I'd like to grow more wheat or I'd like to, what happens if I want to grow chickpeas or something like that. They can start having a look at different options that they might, might want to do on farm. And they can do that in a safe, I suppose, in a safe environment on a desktop and simulate it so they can see what impact their decisions have on their bottom line before they actually go and do it in the paddock. Yeah. And is the simulation, so say when farmers put in all of their data, is it going to be something that's automated through a, a back end that's all formatted or is it something that they put it in and you do a, um, a report out for them? How does it work? Yeah, no, it's all automated, Lavina. So, they, so once they... Once they use it, once they you know they've um, they've bought a subscription for it, then it's all there for them. Mm -hmm. And once they've set up their farm, so you know it might take them a little bit just to set up their farm to begin with. Mm -hmm. But um, 
most people it seems to take a couple of hours to put their data in yeah and and then once it's in it's it's in there and they don't have to redo that Mm -hmm. but what they can then go and do is go and play with scenarios they can go and compare different scenarios once they've set up their farm they can then go well what if I do such and such you know Mm -hmm. what if what if I um you know like what if I grow more wheat or what if I have more um use they can go and make those changes and um and look at what impact that has it has on their farm so they can compare two scenarios side by side yeah and um and it also does the weather so you can actually look at the different weather scenarios so you mm. can look at well what happened so you can do it on an average season and then you can go oh what happens if i'm i have a poor season and you can choose you can choose that as a weather scenario as a poor season and then it shows you what impact that has on your business yeah and who when you see somebody purchasing this what what is the ideal target market who are the type of farmers do you think this is something that is necessary for every farmer or do you think it's for young people who maybe are looking to um get different ideas from different people who do you think will be purchasing this product yeah i think um it's ideal. It's, it's it's suitable for all farm all board acre farmers that have got a mixed farming enterprise. Mm. So anybody with in WA, particularly with mixed farming enterprise, you know, board acre, they they can definitely use it, and it would be really. I think it'd be really u- a useful tool for them. Mm. I I can see the strength in the tool for for um a couple a couple of target markets. The real strength could be in a younger age group you know mm. that you know the younger age group coming in and it's a real opportunity for them to learn the impact of um of changing decisions mm. and looking at what their decisions might be and looking at what impact that has whereas the the older demographic probably understands that quite you know they've learned that over the 20 yeah. years that they've been farming and they've got that really good gut feel of mm well, if I do this, I know this is going to happen. Mm. Whereas the younger age, a younger person hasn't got that, you know, 20 years of experience behind them. They can start playing with a tool like this and it, and it's actually the process by, by actually using the tool. It's a process that they um, are doing, of doing, making the changes, which yeah. will be the most powerful thing, I think, for them. Yeah, it's really interesting. I find this very fascinating because I think there's a lot of people that, do want to um you know take chances and take risks that often were not taken 20 years ago so this is such a good way to be able to do that without putting it into practice yeah and it just gives you some idea of what um levers to pull and and what the impact of those levers are you know like you can just start getting a real feel so so what it does is it builds up people's gut instinct and Mm. knowledge um, a bit quicker than than having to go through 20 years of experience of living mm-hmm. it yeah and and hopefully saves them some money in the same in the you know it should yeah. save them some money in the time yeah and make hopefully make them a lot more money <laughs> yeah 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 and it should you know like it you know it that's what it's built for and um and i think the other market i think a really important market for it is in that partnership when you've got um you know a couple of family farms working mm. you know you know farms like families working together on one farm yeah I think it's a really good tool for communication and for 
you know, say a partnership, they can actually, you know, start, if they've got different ideas of what they want to do, they can use this to actually communicate and, and look at, okay, if somebody's got an idea, well, let's use this tool to see what that idea might look like. Yeah. Pa- you know, on paper before they implement it. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's got a, a couple of really good applications there for that. Yeah. And I'd love to know, how are you currently or um, getting the awareness out? What are you using to get farmers interested in the product? Um, well, at this stage, the product's just in its final testing stages. So we've mm-hmm. got a few farmers testing it for us at the moment. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, and if anybody wants to test it, if anybody's listening to this and then they go, I'd like to have a try of it they're really welcome to contact me and I can organize them to have a test you know to actually try it out but we're um we're launching on the 11th of August so it'll be available for the 11th of August for people to subscribe to um you know to purchase and subscribe and I think it you know it by the, when we launch we'll you know start advertising it and um but at this stage, it's been just, it'll, you know, it's just been word of mouth and we're just, we're just finalising it and making sure that it's, it's working well. So, so that's where we're at at the moment. Awesome. How exciting. Well, you'll have to keep us updated and we'll have to share it out with our audience once it's live. I'd love to know, embarking on this initiative, I think there would have been a lot of behind the scenes work. What's been some of the biggest learning curves from putting this app together? Yeah, I um, I th- I think probably um, probably one of the, some of the biggest learning curves that I've had is the importance of taking people on the journey with me. Mm-hmm. You know, I I, th- I can't underestimate that. I can't uh, under um, can't not overestimate. You know, like overemphasize how yeah. important that is. Essential because. Yeah, it is absolutely essential. And it's something I think we often forget. But, you know, um, preparation's everything and, and good planning. And, um, you know, if you've got a great idea and a great vision, um, but to see it realised, you really have to have other people supporting you with it mm. and to, you know, and to take other people on board, with, you know, to take other people with you. Mm. And, um, and it's really important that you really got to take them on that journey with you and um and it's and have a shared vision you know that I don't I think to achieve something like we've achieved it's not possible to do it by yourself you really need to have a team of people with you yeah and and that shared vision yeah and everyone's got something different to bring to the table don't they yeah absolutely and I I suppose I was lucky enough that um so I have um I've worked with um, Meriden and District's Farm Improvement Group to achieve this and and also um, Tanya Kilminster from Deep Herd, who's based at Meriden. Um, we started out with a project and um, that, you know, like working together as a team, we did, you know, a lot of project planning and, and preparation and, and it's been quite a long journey and we've had, you know, like we've had a steering committee so we've had there's been a real team of people around creating um, creating my farm smart with a shared vision, mm-hmm. and I just think yeah that that learning that you've got to take people you've actually got to take people on the journey with you. It was mm-hmm. it was probably um, my initial vision, but you had to you had to create I had to create a team of people around me 
to really um to to create the vision to create the reality yeah yeah absolutely I think that everyone's got a little piece of the puzzle and for something so huge to come together it's definitely you've got to collaborate which I think is something that in agriculture we forget a little bit because everyone's kind of running their own different games but it's so important to share because there's so much knowledge that together we can achieve so much yeah I yeah I totally agree and it's and that openness of sharing, it just, you achieve so much more, I think. Mm, absolutely, especially when technology is involved too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for someone listening, wanting to start their own business in the agricultural space, particularly, I guess we'd say you're probably more ag tech, what is one of your best pieces of advice? <laughs> um, well, the adventurer and the entrepreneur in me would say, just do it. You know, yeah. just be brave and just do it. Okay, that you know, just just go and do it. But I suppose um, the econo- the economist in me sort of tempers that, and I go, um, you know, do you do 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 diligence? You know, like you really have to do your mm. due dil- diligence so we can get that word out. <laughs> and um, and it's um, you know, it takes time to get something right, and um. And I just think, understand that, you know, understand that things don't happen overnight and you need to do your preparation and your planning and um, and get all your ducks lined up mm. or try to get most of your ducks lined up yeah. so that, um, so that, so that it, you, I think you gain more success by doing that. Yeah. But, um, but I think you, you need to start. So if you've got a vision, um, you need to start and you need to be proactive mm. and that's and that's probably the most important thing is to be proactive and then just do it but as i said with you know with with um with good with good knowledge and good research and and all of those things that you need behind you to do it yeah you need to execute it well i think one thing a lot of other industries are forgiving, but agriculture is not really one of them. Often, especially launching something new, you got one chance, and if if it's not perfect, that one chance, then it, it ends up not not going well. Yeah, I agree. People have um, high expectations, and and they and and everybody's busy, so people mm. don't want to waste their time on something that um, isn't isn't good enough. Yeah. Yeah, it has to be perfect. So I guess it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Lavina. <laughs> You're gonna do fine. Don't worry. I think you'll you'll do great. I think that the fact that you've been a finalist for the Agri Futures Rural Woman of the Year is and pretty commendable to be able to give you the ability to be able to be a very successful launch and hopefully see everyone across the state using this product. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, that would be great. And it has. It's been a great platform for that. Yeah. Do you think that because I know WA is your focus is your long-term goal to see the product nationwide or what's your future hope for once you've launched yeah I think um it's got great potential to be nationwide and um and it's you know it's the the product that we're releasing on the 11th of August has great potential to be um developed further um and yeah and I think nationally it's it's really applicable and there's a few things that can happen to it to make it really applicable. And it's and, and even now somebody in a board acre farm over in the eastern states could use it mm. um, relatively easily. But yeah, it probably needs some 
form of adaptation um, but we're yeah hoping that we'll be able to do that and and eventually put beef into it so at the moment it's got sheep but I you know I, um, it won't be that difficult to put beef into it mm-hmm. um, you know down the track so it's yeah. got a it's got a lot of room to, to be able to be developed further. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how exciting. I think for anyone listening, they'd love to know how can they find out more information about My Farm Smart and where can they get in touch with you? Do you have a website available yet or where can people go to find more about the product? Okay, so um, I will have a website available on the 11th of August. So so when, um, yeah, so when we launch 11th of August, we'll have have a website I'll have a website for my own business um LA1 economics and consulting and also for my farm smart there'll be a website dedicated to that so they'll be able to find out more um yeah they'll be able to definitely find out more on the 11th of August or if they wanted to contact yeah, if they wanted to contact me personally, they could do that with email. Yeah, perfect. I think once you go live, we'll definitely share your platforms. And will you have social media as well? Um, I'm sure I will have something in social media. It's not my. It's not um, an area that I embrace, but I'm sure I'll find some way of embracing social media. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Lizzie, thank you so much for your time today. It's been really interesting to get to learn all about you and your amazing journey to Australia and now launching your product. It's very exciting times. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it will be. Yeah, it's really exciting. So, yeah, hopefully um, it will be successful and, yeah, and see how we go. I'm sure it will. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Triple R Network podcast by Generation Ag. Stay tuned for another episode in this series in a fortnight's time. Mm-hmm.